0: everybody welcome back to elevated office podcast my name is eric mcgrew i'm the host of the show and in this episode we are going to talk about some basic concepts and principles of tree rigging that you would want to kind of think about before you get started with tree rigging or if you are tree doing tree rigging um, some things you might want to go back and look at if you never have just to kind of get your mind uh, better acquainted with tree rigging and things now i want to make very clear I don't claim to be the expert in tree rigging. It's not like I think I know everything about it. Um, I have had good success with tree rigging and um, there's a lot to to consider when you're doing tree rigging based on how you work, what kind of trees you're working, and um, how your crew is set up. So, with that in mind, know that this is just one perspective and that there's a lot of information out there that is both good and bad. So, try to be judicious about what you read and let's get into the topic. So, before we get started in talking about tree rigging for episode 19 of season 2 of Elevated Office, We're going to, of course, mention our sponsors. Um, Elevated Office has been very, very happy to have two consistent sponsors with us. One sponsor, of course, is Weaver Arborist. They have been producing tree gear and uh, arborist-associated gear for a long time. They have a lot of good products and they are actively working to update many of their products as well as be innovative with new products that they're putting out on the line. Um, They've been Uh, a huge help to Elevated Office. So I'm very thankful for that. And also, um, it's nice that they are relying on tree climbers and arborists to help them out. And in that case, I I am one of their innovators as well as one of their product analysts. And it's nice to see that um, what there is that can be bettered, they're willing to look at those things and make adjustments. Plus, they're willing to look at new devices and equipment that might make your and my life safer and better. So, look for new products uh, to come out and be released with Weaver in the relatively near future. Also, continue to look back at their product listing at weaverarborist.com for adjustments to current products that they have. And also, keep an eye on Eric underscore McGrew. That's E-R-I-C underscore McGrew, M-C-G-R-E-W. On Instagram as well as eric.mcgrew.77. On Facebook and Eric, Jim Andes, E-R-I-C-J-E-M-A-N-D-E-S. On YouTube for various giveaways that we are working together with. Where um, many of them I hand paint uh, different products and do giveaways with Weaver as well as just giveaway. Uh, weaver's products and some products from gap arborist supply as well so the next uh, company that has been supporting me for a while now and i'm super stoked on them is gap arborist supply if you haven't gone to gap definitely go check them out their pricing is super competitive with all the brands that you probably shop at for pricing reasons uh, but you get a couple of really good benefits one is that They actually know what they're talking about. Ray and Kyle have been in the industry for a while. They actually understand what it is that you and I as arborists and climbers are looking for. They have free shipping on their products and their pricing is super competitive. They also do in-house stitching uh, so they can stitch eyes for your ropes and different things like that. And on top of that, they are producing some really cool products like their own uh, adjustable friction saver that I'm currently running and really, really like. So definitely go check out GapArborSupply.com. And if you have any questions or can't find something on the website, call them up and talk to Ray or Kyle directly and see if they can't help you out with the questions that you have. So don't think you'll just be disappointed. Really, really recommend them. And even if they weren't my sponsor, I would still be buying from them. Completely truthful to you guys. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the whole rigging scenario um i kind of avoid this topic a bit uh because i don't feel like i'm the expert on it but i get asked a lot of questions about it and i've had like i don't know 10 people tell me you should really do some episodes on rigging okay so to be to be fair um i've never had a major rigging fail okay um I'm not saying that I haven't had any rigging hiccups, I have, um, but mainly there's stuff like being in a hurry and there being a piece of branch on an aspen or a cottonwood tree, and I, instead of doing a girth hitch um, on it, I just do a single choker uh, tie off on it and if you know anything about cottonwoods and aspens, the bark is smooth on newer growth. And it also has like this powdery kind of um, pollen, dust, whatever on it. And sometimes the chokers will slide off of it. And to be fair, I've only had that happen to me twice. Once because I was just in a rush and wasn't thinking. The second time was actually not so much my fault um, but the girth hitch was around a nub on the back side of the branch that I thought would hold it. So, I mean, it is my fault in that sense, but I use these nubs all the time and it just happened to be way more brittle than expected and it broke off. And therefore that little bit of built up energy in the jar popped it and it, Um, knock the girth hitch off and in that case it didn't actually drop the branch the choker did hold but it was like only an inch from the end of the branch so not ideal right so we've all had these scenarios and situations and um, lots of times fatigue tiredness and you'll hear me talk about that a a lot in this show Um, I think it's way underrated I think that um, tree guys in particular or any kind of job that takes a lot of strength and endurance, um, we tend to be prideful of that and we overlook how much our work and mental capacity diminishes under fatigue. So, um, the, uh, you know, I, I was in a rush and I, I did it because I needed to get it done on one of them. And the other one was, I was just tired and it was like, it's good enough. Let's go and there you have it, right? So you have these scenarios. So when it comes to tree rigging and things like that, smaller brush and things, not such a big deal. Um, You know, you you have all these topics about uh, using carabiners for tie-offs because they're not side load rated and all these kinds of things, which you have to use your own judgment on that. Have I ever used a carabiner as a um, mechanical terminal on a choker for quick access to small branch rigging? Yes, I have. Will I do it in the future? Most likely, yes. But I have new options that are a little bit better now, so I try to avoid it. Um, To be quite frank, there's a lot of information that you can study on that and you need to make your own decision. Um, But as a general rule, not an accepted practice. So don't go using carabiners as your terminal tie-offs on on rigging, especially when it's big wood and things like that. Not an ideal situation. But before you start really rigging and getting into the complicated scenarios of rigging, um, I would say that there's a lot of information that you could kind of look at. Um, Mark Chisholm, of course, who's really well known for his rigging capabilities and techniques, is a guy that has written numerous articles on it. Um, treebuzz.com, you can find a bunch of those, and I really recommend the read. Um, and he does them for standard rigging and for crane removal. So go check him out. Um educated climber has some interesting information on it that he's kind of experimented with and found and once again a lot of this is um, some of it's like Mark Chisholm's stuff is is really specifically um, what's the word for it? Uh, academic. Um, the guy definitely knows what he's doing and um, I know that uh, Taylor Hamill with DMM has done some rigging Uh, information and, uh, you know, things, seminars online that you can find that are very calculated and mathematically precise. And let's face it, guys, if you're going to be in this industry, if you're not using math, then you're using guesswork at best and eventually it will catch up with you. So definitely go check out some of those guys and look at new techniques and Get outside the box a little bit with equipment and techniques, but within the realm of safety. Um, one of the new devices that I use quite a bit is the rigging wrench. I really like that thing. Um, don't forget techniques such as top ties uh, and tip ties versus negative rigging all the time. Um, you know, you can do, uh, balancing slings and spider legs or whatever, crow's foot, whatever you want to call it, depending on who you talk to. Uh, you can use a lot of different simple things for small and quick rigging that are totally approved. Um, of course, steel rigging rings are a a thing that you can use the, um, the aluminum x-rings or you know what i mean uh, rigging rings in that sense are uh, totally appropriate you have safe blocks that can help you out of course porter apps Um, and then of course you have all these things like i use i also own a stein what is it the 3001 with the winch on it Um, not quite a Harkin, you know a, a grcs but definitely handles a lot of material. And also I use a, uh, rope jack, uh, for a lot of things. And then of course I have my favorite pulleys that I use. And, uh, there's just a ton of stuff. So while this episode really is kind of getting you into the mindset of what you can use, um, I also recommend getting you a, um, manual Samson or one of the other likes, um, what are those things called? Uh, the wet law, or the the green log calculators, and those are super handy. I think everybody should have one. Of course, you can calculate some things online. However, where I'm at, I don't always have internet signals, so I, or phone signals, So I really prefer to have um, the manual calculator, uh, which is that little wheel that you spin. Makes it much more predictable for things. And I also recommend that you work with what you feel comfortable with. Um, Get a rope, practice with that rope, work with that rope, play with that rope. And if you like that rope, then stick with it. Um, There's different rigging ropes for different scenarios, of course. I have some bull rope that's three quarter inch that I rarely use, but I use it under specific needs. And then I have um, some burger that I use for um it's I want to say five eighths or half inch that I use for um regular rigging uh for just about everything and I really like that rope a lot. Uh Zephyr, my contract climber has some very static rope that we use from time to time. And and you need to really kinda understand what each of these do. Um, and how they react and the more you practice and work with one rope the better you have control of it and the better that rope will work for you and create a safe environment for complicated rigging. Um, I've learned how my Teufelberger works in both the rigging wrench and in the uh, safe block as well as in different pulleys and different pulleys do have different reactions based on the way the sheave is formed, based on the way that the cheek plates are formed. Um, For instance, if you're running a uh, Omni from Rock Exotica, then of course you have the swivel point at the top, and those swivel points change the way that your rigging reacts and things versus if it's a static cheek setup and attachment bushing at the top like my ISC is. And it's the sling that's twisting. Um, You have dead eye slings. You have pocket slings. You have all these things that change the way that your rigging reacts. Uh, Zephyr likes things to be very tight and very little play in them. So he pretty much uses a dead eye sling because he wants it to be tied up against the branch. And then he uses an omni pulley because he likes the way that it swivels and it keeps the rope from binding on the cheek plates as easily. Um I don't really care that much to be honest when I'm in the tree. Um I'm not saying he's wrong, it's a preference. I run a pocket sling which creates more slop in the um there's a more there's a lengthier tell between the branch and the, um, bushing for attachment on the, on the pulley. So the, you know, you have to take that into calculation and things. Um, it does create a situation where you have to have good judgment on once the arc of the piece comes down, will it hit something or whatnot? But I find it faster and just way less thought provoking to throw the pulley through a pocket sling than I do tying off a timber hitch on a, um, dead ice sling or whatever. So once again, one being right and one being wrong, not really the question here. It's what you feel comfortable with. And if you don't feel comfortable in the tree, and if your rope handler doesn't feel comfortable on the ground, you're both going to have a bad day. So, um, we'll talk about some of the products that I use more in depth, some of the techniques that I use, um, more in depth, uh, you know, in when, what scenarios I kind of use those in, and some of the concepts that others have told me about that you may or may not want to implement in your rigging, and see um, if some of this information can be beneficial for you. So, this is just one episode this week, um, there will at least be two but probably more. So you stop back by, check out Elevated Office Podcast. Don't forget to go by and check out WeaverArborist.com and GapArborsupply.com as well. Check out my social media stuff and uh, let me know what you think and give me a heads up if there's any topics that you want me to talk about as well. And keep an eye out for the next episode where we'll be talking about some of the Less um, talked about rigging equipment that I use and how I use it, what you might think about some of it. So I'll be going over a number of pieces of equipment and you might have not really understood the benefit of those. Or you might not know as much about the product as you would like. So you might like that episode. So until then, be safe out there and I'll see you in the next one.